This is Metal Mike, and on this episode of the 80s Glam Metalcast, we talk to a pioneer from the Sunset Strip from Odin and Lost Boys, Randy O. Randy talks about his most recent solo album, Coming Home, The Decline of Western Civilization 2, and Axl Rose. Speaking of Axl Rose, stay tuned to After the Interview with Randy, because we'll talk about my recent video, Glam Metal Beatdown, where I pit Axl against Vince Neil in the ring in a WWE-style match. And guess what? The video got me blocked by Vince. So, here's the interview with Randy. Check it out. Randy, welcome to the 80s Glam Metalcast. How you doing, brother? I'm doing awesome, man. Thanks for having me. How are you, my man? Uh, doing great. Doing great. All right. So, hey, so you've, uh, you did an album last year called Coming Home. Why don't you tell everybody yeah. about that one? Uh, so basically that was kind of a bucket list for me. I just, I had been working on that record probably over like the past 15 years. And, uh, I started listening to some of the demos and some of the recordings over the years. And my wife, Rachel just said, you know what, you, you need to complete that. So, uh, what I did is, um, there's this drummer friend of mine, Roger Carter, who he, uh, he did uh, the John Five stuff. They record all the John Five stuff at his studios, the Doghouse Studio over here in Woodland Hills. And I said, uh, "Roger, I, you know, I pretty much have this bucket list. I want to, I want to record these songs that I have." He said, "Hey, you know, why, how about you uh, shoot me over some of the demos? You know, let me listen to it, and you know, let's put something together." So basically, what what had happened is then, you know, he kind of got the demos. I kind of. Um, you know, we did some arrangements and stuff, and then uh, he, you know, he he's really he's been really good friends with Matt Bassinet. I'm sure you know who he is. He pretty much has played with everybody. He was David B. Roth. Mm-hmm. Right now, he's on tour with Elton John. Just a killer cat. He got Toshi. Uh, he, he's the he's like the band leader of the Jimmy Kimball Show on guitar. Uh, Will Hollis from the Eagles on keyboard. And um, I don't know who I'm missing out. Um, but, but anyway, so we all just kind of went in. Toshi kind of wrote the music out. You know, it's kind of, it's pretty simple, you know, stuff. And then um, we just went in and started recording the record. And um, probably out of about 30, de- you know, di- different, you know, uh, demos that I had, we picked those. Actually, it was 10 songs. And then we just ended up putting on, putting on the nine songs. That's kind of how that all went down. And then... Um, you know, that's, that's kind of, that's kind of how that all happened. So I was, you know, I dug it. It's totally different than, you know, probably the stuff that I've done in the past. You know, I kind of, I had like, uh, there was a couple of Lost Boys songs on there. Same Old Day and, um, and Lonely Man that, um, that I kind of redid a little bit and, and, you know, did them the way that, I kind of originally always wanted them because on the Lost Boys record, there was just a lot of, you know, stuff that kind of went down that I, you know, I wasn't just, I wasn't really happy with the production and the, you know, just kind of how that all happened. So basically in a nutshell, that's kind of what I did. And, you know, I'm happy with it. I, I, you know, I dig the way that it all sounds and, you know, you, you got to do it because you love to do it. You're, I mean, I'm not obviously not out there doing it to try to like, uh, you know, become some, you know, rock star or, you know, make a million bucks. You know, I did it because I love to do it. It's just something that I needed to complete in my life. So kind of that, that's kind of what that was all about. 
you know, and I and I got I got to work with my wife. We got to write some songs together, and you know, it was just it was just a good thing. And my cousin Jerry, I don't know if you know my cousin Jerry from Warren. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's the bass player, player from Warren. So Down Boys Records, they're the ones that you know released it, and you know he he kind of you know he helped me through all of it. And like one of the, one of the cool things about it now is like you know you know I like I made CDs and he was telling me you know there's no reason to even make a CD and I'm like well you know that's you know I, I understand what you're saying you know he goes you know they don't even have CDs in cars anymore and I just said well I want to go through the process to know what it's like from you know the beginning to the end and also you know my daughter's an artist I wanted to make you know a record cover and. I just kind of wanted to do the whole process, you know, one last time, you know, and um, so, so yeah, that's that's kind of where that's at. But oh yeah, so back to my cousin Jerry. Jerry so Jerry, he so what he does now too. I, I'm, I don't know if you've talked to him. All he has a publishing company, and what you know for the last say eight years, him and Eric, they kind of done a lot of like reality TV, kind of. I guess it would be lower end, you know, on the scale, but. You know they've helped out a lot, a lot of a lot of people that I know, and they've got like seventy thousand, I think, songs on their their like uh, library that they kind of have put together, and so so now now he's just signed like a a big publishing deal with like the CBS, NBC, ABC, all you know what I mean. So you know what you hope for now, at least with me, is I hope for maybe I get a little you know my music maybe in a tv show or maybe in a feature film and then maybe you make a few bucks that way you know sure so that's that's just kind of where that's at yeah i mean i I was listening to it i really enjoyed it obviously it's a little bit more laid back than what we're used to from you but it all fits it's i could still hear that sound of your voice and i mean it's really cool i thought the lyrics are very reflective and sometimes they're kind of funny like the one song about your daughter there that that's funny yeah i mean so it's a it's a cool album yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. You know, it's, I did it, I got it done and I mean, I'm working on new music now and it's, it's what I love to do. It's in my soul, you know, it's part of me and without it, I don't feel complete. So I'm glad that I, I was able to get that done and just kind of feel like, Hey, I, I, I finally, you know, finished it and completed it. You know, some people love it. Some people don't, but whatever i did it for me you know and yep. if there's the few fans out there that that dig me you know they they love it and they're glad that they can you know listen to what i have to say you know so it's cool you kind of touched anyway. on something that i was going to ask you is that you kind of feel like that is when, you, when you're a musician i mean isn't it really mm-hmm. kind of hard to turn off the music because it, it's probably always still even though you haven't done an album in a long time there's got to be songs just popping up in your head randomly is that kind of how this came about we, well, I mean that. Well, yeah, those were just songs over the, like the last fifteen years. Like I said, I probably had like thirty demos, and some of them probably were some of the stuff that maybe my, you know, the metalers would have probably dug more. But I was just like, kind of too. Like it was right around the time Tom Petty died, and like I've been listening to a lot of Tom Petty and and um, like Tommy Bolin and kind of stuff like that. But yeah, the, as far as the question goes, I, I cannot get music out of my soul. You know, it's like it every day, you know, or most every day there's some thought going through my head of a lyric or a melody or, you know, sometimes I act on it, sometimes I don't, but it's just, you know, I, I mean, I'm, I'm a singer. I, I consider myself kind of a singer 
not a great singer, but more of a songwriter and and not really a great guitar player. I'm kind of more of a rhythm guitar player. So as far as a musician, yeah, I'm a musician, but I'm not like the greatest musician or the greatest singer. But I just kind of feel like, yeah, you're. It's definitely in me, and I can't I can't let go of it. You know, but I mean, I'm not 25 years old, you know, and who wants to see us, you know, some 56 year old old man get up there and, you know, and play, you know, unless you're, you know, somebody that's maybe been established in the past. Not, I mean, not too many people, you know, right. So, I mean, but it's what it is and, and it's, it's all good. I'm, you know, I couldn't, my, I love my life. I couldn't be any happier and it's, it's all, it's all good. You know, it's hard. It's not easy to make a record, you know, unless you've done it. It's not an easy thing to do. It's a lot of work. And, you know, there's a lot that goes into it, you know, from the beginning till the end. So unless you've done it, you'll, you know, you don't know. And there'll be people, all these haters out there, but it's like they, they, they don't know what, what's happening or what, what goes into it, you know, and all the work that it takes. So. Well, you touched yeah. on your voice, man. I, I think you got a, a killer voice, and it's a and it's an interesting voice. And I think that's a lot of times what people would rather gravitate to than, let's say, there's somebody like you know Jeff Tate, who's you know technically this incredible singer. But a lot of times, I like somebody that's just got a little bit of character. You know, what I mean, they don't have to be the the greatest, you know, when it comes to uh, you know virtuoso singer. But I like people with some some balls, you know, some character in their voice. You know. Yeah. No, that yeah, that I, I totally agree. Although I love Jeff Tate. Oh, I do too. <laughs> <Pretty> <laughs> awesome, you know, but um, yeah, but I mean, but I also love David Lee Roth. Right. You know? Yeah. So I mean, I, I still love David Lee Roth. I went and saw him at the Hollywood Bowl. You know, he's he's still going to always be David Lee Roth. You know, Lo- I love him. Speaking of great. David Lee, so who are some who are some of the guys that made Randy O? Who were your influences? <laughs> Well, okay, so who are my influences? So, I mean, you know, er- early on, I don't want, wouldn't want to say that they made me, but I mean, my, my parents were listening to like Leon Russell, Cat Stevens, you know, Simon and Garfunkel, Carol King, you know, that kind of stuff, you know, the Led, the Led Zeppelin, you know, Led Zeppelin and, uh, more so the Stones. But then as the, the person that actually made me get into music when I was probably about 16 years old, my, I was working for my grandpa. And, uh, he had, uh, like box seats at the forum and my, uh, an older guy was like, he was probably 18. He said, Hey man, uh, uh, his dad was like the vice president. He said, Hey, I got some tickets to the forum to see this band, Van Halen, you know, and there's two seats and they're the box seats. I had no idea about what a box seat was or really even what a concert was. And so we went there. You know, got the program. I'm kind of looking at the program going, fuck, man, this guy looks cool. Who is this? You know, I didn't, and they hadn't come on yet. Oh, looking at Eddie. And I heard, I had heard, I think, uh, I want to say it was like Jamie's crying. They were playing on the radio or maybe it was, no, it was running with the devil. I think it was the first single. So I kind of heard that and I liked it. Well, then he, then when David Lee Roth came on, I really had no idea what, what girls were, or, you know, n- none of that. When I saw him, and what I saw happen in front of me, I just went, fuck, man. You just, that feeling of your body just pulsating and, oh, look at women and, you know, the feeling that you get for that and just what he, what he made me do. I just went, I want to do that. I want to be him. That's <laughs> right. what I want to do. And then, and then I, you know, I, I totally wasn't 
like right away singing. You know, I was I kind of was playing drums and taking drum lessons, and then and then I just made I kind of made the switch, and then I went from I was in this band. I started off. Wait, what did I? I started off in this band called Hyde, and then I went from Hyde. No, I went from Mary Pop. No, Mary Poppins to Hyde, which um, and then I went into uh, I went into Odin. And then I, I, I auditioned for Odin, which was kind of a long story. I never thought I was going to get it. My brother kind of turned me on to Odin. They were playing down in Pasadena. My, my brother, who was in Lost Boys with me, he brought me down to some show down there. And I, and, uh, I was just like, God, they're fucking so incredible. And they were just, you know, six, 15, 16-year-old kids just pretty much shredding the way they did, you know, on all the records. They were amazing. And basically their singer left and they were looking for a singer. And I was working at this uh, place called Builders and Poram. I went down and auditioned and I knew that they didn't really, they didn't dislike me, but I could just tell that they weren't totally into me. So like maybe for, I want to say a couple of weeks, they were still looking. And I, there was this other singer in my area that I knew they wanted him in the band because I could just cheer, you know, I heard through the grapevine and he was more of a cover guy. And they weren't, they weren't able to get them. And I would have people from my work call them, you know, every day. Hey, you know, just ask if, you know, hey, are you looking for a singer? And they'd say, yeah, you know, you want to come out and audition? And they'd bullshit them. And eventually, Brad Parker, the, uh, the guy who was, who was one of the lead guitar players besides Jeff, um, he called me up and he said, hey, man, you got a PA, right? I go, yep, I got a PA. He goes, I'm going to come up and get you and we're going to go down to the studio and we're going to start practicing. And that was it. I never left. And, um, and they worked with me and helped me with my voice and, you know, and, uh, and that, it, you know, they, their songs weren't anything, you know, like they were a lot different. And then once I joined, you know, it, it, cha- it kind of changed them into our sound, which, which was Odin, you know, so Hope I'm making sense to you. <laughs> Definitely, man. So obviously, okay. we'll, we'll get into it. Uh, so Odin got notoriety from being in decline of Western civilization, and I and I've read interviews yeah. with you. You've talked about this stuff a million times. But I guess my only yeah. question, and then I have a couple comments too. But I guess my question is, when you when you watch that today, what goes through your mind when you watch that whole movie, or even the well, section you're in? Well, I mean, I, I, you know, so you, once again, there's a ton of haters. I, there's people that absolutely, they said that movie changed their life. I, you know, that came here because they saw me in that hot tub. And then there's people that said they wish I would have fucking killed myself. So it's like, <laughs> you, you know, it, it's when you're, so for one, I work in the motion picture industry. We're putting on a show where we're being filmed. You know, we knew right. that. Yep. And, but, but also there was a lot of truth, truth to it. I mean, like people will say, you know, you want to be as big as Robert Lee Plant, Plant or Jim Morrison. Well, of course I want to be as, why wouldn't you want to be as big as them? If you're a singer, what, don't you want to be as the biggest fucking rock star out there? I mean, that's, that was my mindset. Now, was I as good as them? No, not even close, right? But why not want to, you know, be like them? I'm sure that these, you know, Major League Baseball players or football players, you know, my son's a Division One football player, you know, he wants to be like Gronkowski, you know, the, the Patriots someday. He's a tight end, tight end, right? You have these people that you look up to and you strive to be like them. So, like, looking back at it, I have no regret. In the beginning, I was kind of embarrassed a little bit, but it's, it's just what it was. Now I look back at it, I'm part of history. That movie 
is going to be around forever. And there's kids now, young kids that that I, you know are tri- they trip on it. You know, right. they they wish they could be part of that. I mean, we were part of an era that no, obviously nobody will ever be part of. That was like the last of rock stars, as far as I'm concerned. Right. And and I don't know how old you are, or if you were around that, but I mean, it was the most amazing time that I could ever remember as far as music, musicians, people practicing and playing and wanting to, you know, out there just working and going for it, you know, as far as the girls, as far as, there's no scene like that. I don't think there is anywhere in the world or or has been since, you know, I don't know, you you probably know better than me, but it was, you know, it's it's pretty amazing. So, you know, back to the decline, I have no regrets. It's, you know, it's it's what it is and it's 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 part of history right right you know that I, movie's part of history i'm uh so i'm 43 so uh, okay so i and i so i'll tell you a little bit about me i watched it you know when it came out i was that's when i was got into music you know uh mid 80s so mm-hmm. i i so i hadn't seen it in a long time so i interviewed uh nader de priest and All right. I, I went back and i watched it and i was like whoa like this is not what I what I thought it was because when I was a kid I thought oh this movie's so cool you know Odin and London and Gene Simmons you know the whole the whole gamut of them and then when I rewatched it and I was like man this whole thing is like trying to put like a negative spin on it trying to make people oh, look totally. ridiculous right and uh, yeah it's crazy well yeah I mean I remember going to the premiere and people felt sorry for me you know. And she and she're exactly right. She edited it that way. She was making a movie to you know that looks like the little part she puts in, like Jeff running across stage, he trips, you know. Yeah. Well, that's that's like one part of the you know twenty hours that we filmed. That you know what I mean. And she just found all that stuff. It's like the assless pants. Like those even weren't even my assless pants. I live with Chris Holmes. Chris, so so Chris, you know. Chris does the move, his part, right? I think a couple of days before me, right. he'd been you know, smoking Coke and partying and, and he came home and he's like, fuck man. He's like, I got to go do this film. And he goes, Hey, do me a favor. Go put, get those vodka bottles and fill them up with water. <laughs> I put the water in those vodka bottles. That was not vodka. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. I filled them up. I know, I know exactly where I did it and what apartment we lived in. And then, and then a few days later, he said, I want you to wear my pant, my buttless pants. You know, he goes, he goes, I want you to wear these. He goes, no, I want you to wear these, but you can't wear any pants underneath them, you know, because that's how he used to wear it at the Troubadour. He would right. wear them like that. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Because it's going to make you a legend, dude. I fucking dare you to do it. I go, fuck it. I'll wear them, Chris. You know, and, I, and that's why I wore them in that show. I never wore those fucking pants before ever. <laughs> and if I did, I'd have spandex on them or, or you know, whatever. So, I mean, when I came out with those two, they were like, what? What are you doing, Ray? I go, fuck it. I'm going to wear them. Fuck it. You know, we're doing a movie. I don't know if I could cut on your podcast. Oh, you can. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny that you talk about the trip because the thing that that caught my eye when I watched it previously, you know, to interview Nader is uh, there's a part where I think they're trying to set the Russian flag on fire or something like that. And he can't, he can't get it lit. So I'm thinking to myself, well, this is shit you would cut out. You, know I mean? you wouldn't play this unless you were trying to make it look kind of silly or goofy or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, yeah, it's, it's, that's, that's part of history, period. Good, good or bad, it's definitely there. And, you know, I still, get, I still make money on that movie. You wow. know? That's awesome. 
you know, not a lot, but I went like they re-released it. I got money every year. I get checks. So, you know, they're little, but if that's been a lot, 35 years ago, I'm still getting checks for it. So I think also whatever. you probably can relate to this, you know, having kids and I have kids. And when I think about like, you know, these kids going, you know, teenagers going out to LA to live and, and become a rocker and they're doing all these drugs and all that stuff. And I don't know about you, man, but I'd kill my kid before I let him go out and do something like that. You know what I mean? I would. Well, yeah, you, yeah, you, well, yeah, I mean, I, I have no, I mean, my parents were pretty, you know, for one, my, both my dads left, you know, I had a stepdad, they left, and then I was with my mom, and my mom had four boys, so, you know, we just, you know, I think by the time I was 17, I was on my own, but I mean, you, you, I, I don't know, you just, I think it's different now, back then people were going for it, right? you know, and, and, and laying it on the line, I mean, I remember, being in a room probably 10 by 12 with four guys or like for lost boys after odin really with not a dime in my pocket running a studio going i'm gonna be a fucking rock star i'm getting a record deal i'm, I'm gonna do this and all i did for almost a year was write those songs live in that studio and work and you know what look at i got that record deal you know so i don't i don't know you know i don't i don't i don't think kids today they're not out there going for it. I mean, there's no, there's no scene, you know? I mean, I, even my son now, I mean, he, he plays piano and he sings here and there, but there, he, you know, he went and played for 15 minutes before I came up here. We would play for fucking 15 hours, you know? <laughs> right. like a, he's it's different. Band. I mean, we would go and play a set and have people come in our garage and then, you know, rest for a few minutes or an hour and we do another set and then we have new people come over and party and then you know it just that never stops so i think it's just different there's too many distractions and i wish there'd be more you know more kids and there would be more of a music scene for them but i don't know i just think there's too many distractions for you know i guess i don't know what's happening with the music industry but it's definitely not really happening no. that i can see I read an article a while back, or maybe it was an interview with you, or, or somebody kind of, I don't even know where it came from, but somebody was saying how, you know, Axl Rose took his whole shtick from you, and I, don't, I guess I never really noticed it at the time, but then when I went back and watched it, you know, I watched him, you know, and watched you in the, those early days, and I was like, wow, he really did kind of, you know, borrow a lot from you. What, what's your take on that? Well, so here, so, I mean, if I say anything about it, then people just think I'm you know, got issues, but I mean, the bottom line is, is, Oh, you could look at the look when Odin was here and look when they came, you know, we were around with, the, you know, we were doing it when the Motley and the rat and the first wave came quiet, riot, Great white. And then there was a second wave when we were there before anybody came, you know, and, and he was at our shows and I, and I was, we were managed by the same lady, Vicki Hamilton. Now, as far as singing goes and, course i'm not as good as him you know what i mean he he obviously is a multi multi zillionaire and you know what i mean but yeah did he watch me and and do my things but you know what it's like who did i get my stick from you know i used right. to go watch richard black from shark island and david lee roth and you know so it's like we're all we were all ripping off each other but i i mean i definitely had my trip i remember seeing axel at gazari before their record was released well, you know, well, he was at more than one of our shows, needless to say, but right when that record came and he came up, you know, to talk to me and I didn't give him the fucking time of day. I came up to him. I'm like, Hey, what's up, William? 
You know, I'm <laughs> six foot three, he's five foot nine or whatever. And, and that, it just kind of shut it up. I was pretty much like, fuck you, dude. You know, like we, I had a chip on my shoulder and I, you know, looking back, I wish I wasn't that way to a lot of people, but I thought, Hey, I'm on a one track, you know, I'm, 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 I'm going down this path and, you know, stay out of my way. You know, now looking back, I've, probably pissed a lot of people off and probably a lot of people thought I was, you know, a, a dick, an asshole or whatever. But I was just, I was, I was just doing my own trip, you know, and then you, plus you see all these bands, you know, like we were there on that first wave, you know, and you see these bands like, you know, Poison and even my cousin's band Warren and, you know, I could keep in there, here they are, they're all getting record deals and I'm seeing them on MTV and I'm like wondering like, well, what the fuck am I doing wrong? You know, I mean, we're, we're packing these places out that, you know, we're doing multiple nights, you know, what, why, why not us, you know? And that, I mean, that's one reason why I left Odin because of Vicky, like Vicky was saying, you know, you, you're not going to make it in that band. You know, you're, you're a star. You need to start a new band and, you know, I'll get you a record deal and you're going to be a star, you know? So, I mean, so anyways, I don't, I don't know. I'm kind of getting sidetracked, but you know, there's a, and there's another thing too, is it's like, so like my cousin, Jerry, like he'll straight out tell you, if it wasn't for you, Randy, I would never have done what I'm doing, you know? And like, I'm friends with Jeremy. I don't know if you know the band lit. No, they're kind of, they they were a very successful kind of like nineties band. Okay. But I mean, he's come, he's come to my shows and played with us and he'll straight out say without you, you know, w without you lit would never exist. We, we, you know, we loved Odin, but we idolized you. My, you know, his brother, we just idolized you. And I've had, you know, in the last year I've had him, he text messages me like he's almost in tears, like just saying this fucking record, this Lost Boys record. I, I ripped these riffs off from my record and I, you know, like, you know, I'm like, Hey, that's cool. You know I mean? Cause I know there's simple riffs and stuff, but it's just like, you know, he's just basically telling me I wouldn't be what I am today without you. And he, and if you were to talk to him, he would tell you that, you know, and it's very sincere. And so, I mean, I know there's a lot of people because we were around in the beginning that were influenced by us and, you know, it's, it's, it's just what it is. And then in the end, I have no regrets because I also feel that if I were to ever have made it like Guns N' Roses, I, I wouldn't, I don't think I'd be alive today. I don't, mm -hmm. I don't think I could have handled it because I'm such a homebody. I, I get, I get homesick very easily. Even when we would go on the road as little as we did with Odin 30 days here, 15 days here, I was always homesick, you know? Right. So, so that, that's, that's that story, you know? So it, I think it all worked out just how it was supposed to work out. Why do you think that Odin didn't make it in, in, in one of those waves? Because, like you said, you did see all these guys. Was it was it something to do with management? Just to well, get that lucky break? What well, was it? Well, I think. Well, so I, this is what I think. So in the beginning, um, like Lars and James and all, of, like we'd go to San Francisco. We were a different band. We were. If you listen to our early demos, we were. That that's. I don't want to say we were a Metallica, but we were like a. We were like a, a early Black Sabbath kind of a progressive band, you know, even mm -hmm. kind of like an Ozzy sounding vocals with, you know, some heaviness, maybe a little bit of screaming, but that's where we should have stuck. Yeah. That's how we built our, our fan base. And then what had happened, like, you know, I mean, Lars would come down and visit us and then basically that, that first wave went through and then this 
like the spandex and like the glam and we started like kind of crossing over like dressing like that thinking well this will help us we're we'll you know we'll look like rat or we'll look more fashionable and now we'll try to write more of a commercial song and we started kind of like you know we just started changing and we i this is just my opinion we didn't stay true to what we were you know and um I just think if we would have, I think if we would have just stuck to what we were from the very beginning, I think that we would, you know, once again, it's my opinion, I think that we really would have made a much bigger mark and probably would have been around forever because I feel like there's plenty of sauce in the bottle with, you know, with Jeff and us as far as writing. We, I don't think we would have ever ran out of material really. Mm-hmm. And, um, I got that line from Jack Black, too, by the way. <laughs> but uh, he, I saw him say that about Queen or something. He goes, they never ran out of sauce. There was always plenty oh, of sauce in the bottle. No way. No, I thought no. that was a good line. But, but you know, so, I mean, I think that's what happened. I think that you just got to stay true to what you are. And we I don't think we did. We were changing, you know, we were just changing, just trying. We were desperate, man. We saw so many bands get record deals, and then you see them on MTV in four or five months. You know, and it was mm-hmm. killing us. It was like, you know, it was killing us. You know, Ben and and that, you know, that's just how that was. I mean, I remember seeing Poison come in their very first day. They came in, they were from Pennsylvania or whatever, at the Troubadour, Doug Weston's Troubadour. And here they are, and I see these guys come in, and I, you know, they hey, man, come check out our band. We're going to be playing Thursday night, you know, whatever, Brad or whoever. We, we watch them, and I'm literally like going, they are fucking horrible. This band is awful. They're horrible. You know, I just, it was so, you know, they're pop. They're so poppy, right? Yeah. And they're not horrible. And But, I mean, musically, we were just like, we thought we were so much better. But next thing I know, here they are. They're getting signed. You know, they're on Enigma. They're freaking on all over MTV. And we're just like, you know, you just don't even know what to do with yourself. You're right. like, what are we doing wrong? <laughs> you know, how did this happen? So on Lost Boys... What? You uh, you guys, you do the Lost Boys album, and you get on Atlantic, you get on MTV, so things are starting to go in, in your favor, right? Well, I mean, it was at the end of that era. So, right. I mean, so realistically from the day, so I got the record deal, because it was, it was my record deal. I was the one that started the band. People say, oh, yeah, Jeff, you know, Jeff put that band together. Jeff wasn't even in the band. I called Jeff in because the guitar player I had in the studio was not cutting it. I knew Jeff. Jeff was an armored saint. I go, Jeff, can you come in and I need you to, I'll sing, I'm going to sing. I literally sang all those leads and all that stuff out. You know, I mm-hmm. would sing to him and how I wanted this and how I wanted that. And of course he did his thing, but I mean, that was my trip 100%. You know, there was a couple of songs that we had, um, you know, put together maybe in Odin or in the past. Well, yeah. So yeah, basically we get the record deal you know, make the record, which, which I was not happy with from day one. I wanted to fire the, the producer. He, I, he just, it was just, I was like, Oh my God, this is a nightmare, you know? And, and I, that's another story. And then, um, and even the selection of songs, because there were songs that like the publishing companies really liked, but the players weren't good enough to play them. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, as crazy as that sounds, it's just like, I, I did my demos with, Danny, the, the guitar player from Darling Cruel and the drummer from Salty Dog and the bass player from Faster Pussycat. So when I did my demo to get the deals, I had some really good players. But when I put my band together, they were, you know, they weren't the greatest players. So I was like kind of limited on 
the tunes I could put on the record. So that was kind of frustrating. You know, looking back now, I should have just used all studio cats, you know, and just and then got the players when the record was done. But but anyway, so once the record gets done, shoot the video. But now all this new music's happening. The Nirvana, the mm. you know, the Soundgarden, they're that style, and, and it's coming on MTV. And it's at the, it's basically the. The, the end of that era, they, you know, I think I, they played us on, you know, Headbangers Ball, and there was some other random places that got played, and then the next thing I know, they drop us, they drop me, you know, they pretty much won't even talk to me, and they're they're done with me, you know, and that was kind of the end of, of that whole thing, you know, it didn't last very long, you know, went to New York, and did some shows locally, and, you know, played a gig in New York, and it was just, it was over, it was the end of it, for me anyways. I mean, there was some bands that I think were were still doing it, but it it really died out, you know. And it's 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 you know, I was friends with Janie Lane, and and one thing he said, and there's an interview of him, you could watch it on on YouTube, and he and he talks about how everybody was doing those ballads, and it's like it wasn't what we were. We you know we were we were all kind of metalers, you know. Yep. We all were making metal tunes, you know, and then it was next thing you know, it was just every every band. It was just like right. It was ballad after ballad after ballad after ballad, and I just think people kind of were, were over it. You know, it was like I don't know what you thought about that. They were not that there weren't some really great ballads, but it's like I want to hear a metal record. You know? Yeah, I, those are the tunes that I usually don't care for. <laughs> but, but I got to say, Janie well, yeah. Lane for Janie Lane. I mean, he he's done some pretty killer ones. So, but but most of them I don't he, care he, for ballads. No. He 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 was such a great songwriter, man. I felt I you know I with my cousin, he had some serious demons, Janie, and he just could not yeah. fight the alcoholism. I mean, I we played Rocklahoma with them. And they were headlining, and and um, he had just been sober, and and uh, and then uh, J- Janie Saint Jane, I think the guy from Black and Blue, Janie yep, he Saint replaced James. them, yeah, right, yeah. So he he replaced them, but then he was there with Black and Blue, and they almost thought that um, he was going to have to come and sing that night. And then after that, I think they went to Vegas, and I think that that's on YouTube. He, you know, he just couldn't remember the words but he couldn't stop drinking man he fucking he just couldn't do it and he what a what a great person what a dude had such a huge heart and what a great musician and a great songwriter so yeah. that that was tragedy you know but uh it happens to a lot of people in this business man like i always say these people that, that you got to pay the devil his dues man mm-hmm. a lot you know as horrible as it sounds, and I'm sure a lot of musicians can relate to it. You just look at all the bands and all the band members lost, or all the tragedy that that follows that. You know, yeah. so not to get weird, but no, I, I think understand. there's some truth to it. I think you know, people can't live. You know, they're successful, and then they're not successful. They don't know how to deal with it, right? Yeah, you know, maybe maybe that's what it truly is. They're millionaires, and now they don't have a pot to piss in. They don't know how to deal with it. Yeah. So, well, I think right? the classic thing that you always see, I actually, this is so weird because I, I just said this to somebody that I work with today, is that if you have some kind of issue that you don't rectify, right, money will mm-hmm. not correct the issue, right? I think it will just perpetuate nope. it. You know what I mean? So if you don't yeah. correct this thing that's wrong, 
And that's why so many rock stars, like you said, OD, kill themselves, you know, whoever. It doesn't matter if actors, whoever. If there's something mm-hmm. wrong, it's got to be corrected. It, money is not going to yeah. correct it. Fame is not going to correct it. So, No. No. No, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Well, hey, no. we got off on a tangent. I wanted to go back to the Lost Boys here. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so, all right. So, well, first of all, I just got to say that Crying Out, amazing. Amazing song. Love it. And there's a couple things that strike me interest. They're just different about this album, and it's some of your vocals are a lot different. And maybe this is something you're going to touch on with. You weren't happy with some of the production things, but like when I listen to "Lonely Man" and "Cool Me Down," those are two, for example. I mean, you almost sound like a heavy metal Louis Armstrong at some times. Am am I crazy or what? Well, so you know what's trip is like I was experimenting at that time with with Louis Armstrong and okay. seeing these like uh, this I was scatting I was doing I actually did some demos like just scatting and I was really like I was I, I was basically I was trying to just find myself because I'm like am I gonna do this am I gonna do that and I had so many different songs and once again it was song selection it was like I'm, it was kind of limited on what songs I could put on that record and um you know, that's why I redid Lonely Man. Like, if you listen to the new record, it's Pops' song. That, that's my vision of it. Mm-hmm. More of like, I don't, did you, I don't know if you've listened to it. I did, yep. Yeah, I've listened to the yeah, new so one. That, yeah, so that's kind of how, that's kind of how I wanted to be. I, now, why I went that way, I guess because I could, and I was just like, you know, and once again, there's people that dug it, there's people that couldn't stand it. They're just like, why did he do that? And, you know... I, why I, I guess I did it because I could do it. And I just, I'm an artist and I was experimenting and, and it, and it was just, it was just a different sound that, that I, that I like. And, um, you know, that's, that's kind of, you know, it's David Lee Roth too. It's, oh yeah. You know, I, yep. you know, it's very David Lee Roth and Jim Dandy, you know, it's just, it's a lot of, you know, that old blues and I, and I'm into the old blues and, you know, I still scat. I still, it's just, it's just, that's how, that's really how I, a lot of times how I'll come up with melodies is just that, you know, you know, whatever. They're not <laughs> working, cool, like but it. there's some kind of, me- there's some kind of melody happening and then you go back and listen and then you could add the, add the words to it. But I've always, you know, that's just kind of, that was just me, you know, hopefully, I didn't piss off too many people, and it's what it is. And, and I'm sure if I would have went more straightforward rock and done more of like, you know, a lot of the crying out kind of stuff all the way through it, it probably maybe would have got a little better, you know, more likes, I guess. I yeah. don't know. It, it's sad but, that um, it got grouped in with all the, like the hair model, because I, I mean, I think it's kind of an eclectic record. You know what I mean? It's a little all over the place, but in a good way. Well, yeah, I know people always said that about me. You're kind of all over the place. Even this new record, they're like, it, they're, all the songs are kind of just all over, you know? It's not, but it's just, it's, it's, it's what it is, you know? It's just what it is. So when yeah. it comes to Lost Boys, like, this thing's out of print and it's not on Spotify. I mean, do we think it'll ever get out there in circulation? Or? No, it is now. It's, it's on now. Warner Brothers, I just got a statement from Warner Brothers. It's on it should be on Spotify, and Is I know it? it's on the YouTube, and the Warner Brothers released it. Oh, good. So okay, they, good. They, they, so it's, it's on there now. You can It's on Spotify for sure, so you can type it in now. It's, 
it's in my, you know, it should be on there. I've seen it on there, but that okay. was just in the, like the last six months. So I actually just got a statement from them, you know, that I still own money. So that's always nice. they'll never recoup it but whatever well hey man it's been a great conversation what do you want to say to all your fans uh, in closing well if if anybody's listening uh, go check go check out YouTube and give me some likes on YouTube I'm I'm actually working on uh, same old day right now video I'm going to release that you know maybe play some acoustic gigs around town and uh you know, if you want to buy a CD, go to go to eBay. They're on they're on eBay. I don't I don't know if people still have uh, CD players, but <laughs> yeah, you know, whatever. It's out there. I'm doing it, and I'll probably release something maybe at the end of the year. But now I think I'm just gonna do EPs. You just do like you know three song EPs. I hear so that's probably what I'll do from now on. Maybe someday Odin will play again. I don't know. Awesome. Well, hey man, thanks right. for talking with hey, me. Hey, Hey, thank you for your time, and thank you for thinking of me, man. Have me on, and I appreciate it. You got it, brother. Have a good night. All right. Hey, you too, my man. Bye. Wow, that was a great interview with Randy O. Now, Metal Mike, we have to talk about this matchup between Axl Rose and Vince Neil on the 80s Glam Metal Beatdown. You, your brothers, and myself, we worked very hard to make a fun video, and the whole outcome was just based on a Twitter poll. And guess what? I get blocked by Vince. Wow, I mean, this is pretty insane. First, Gene Simmons and now Vince Neil. Everyone that follows me knows I've never said a negative thing about either guy. Now, this could be done by the people that run their accounts, or maybe they were getting too many notifications, and I got caught in the crossfire. I don't know. But I was definitely not blocked when the video was posted because I tagged him in it, and then after that, I was. But you know what? Kiss, Motley Crue, still my favorite bands, and I'll still promote them on my site. So, guess what? We're going to do it again. It's going to be Paul Stanley versus D. Snyder. So look for Twitter. You'll be able to vote on the outcome, and we will do it again. I promise this one will be more elaborate than the last one. So, everybody, stay healthy, stay safe, stay indoors. Watch past episodes of the 80s Glam Battlecast. Take care of yourselves. Rock on!